The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And this week's episode of Punt and Pass is presented by Prize Picks. Are you tired of the grind trying to win on daily salary cap fantasy? Spending so much time trying to set the perfect lineup only to fall short of winning big? Well, our friends at Prize Picks have created the most simple and fast daily fantasy game. All you have to do is choose over or under correctly on a player's fantasy point projections to win. No competing against thousands of pros while trying to meet a salary cap. With Prize Picks, it's just you versus the projections. They are also the first DFS site to allow you to make cross sport entries. So you can go under on Todd Gurley with the Rams while taking Ronald Acuna on the over with the Braves. Prize Picks really is daily fantasy simplified, and here is the offer that they are doing for punt and pass listeners. Download the Prize Picks app wherever you have your app store, or go to myprizepicks.com/info. Use the promo code PNP. That's the letter P, the letter N, and the letter P, and you will get a free two-pick entry to win twenty-five dollars, and they will match your first deposit twenty-five percent. They'll max it out at $1,000 in promo money. Download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code PNP, and you will get a free two-pick entry to win 25 bucks. I did it yesterday. It's fun watching the NFL and picking over under on fantasy projections. By the way, my fantasy team, 3-0, probably the greatest fantasy squad ever in the history of fantasy football. Follow Prize Picks at Prize Picks on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at Punt and Pass. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler 13 and intern Christina. The giveaway is ending probably today or tomorrow, so somebody's going to get a signed football. Check us out at Punt and Pass. All right, week four is in the books, Aaron. Awesome weekend of football. I was at the Georgia-Notre Dame game. I know you wanted to be there. You were super busy. Mm. You got to call the 330 game on CBS. Number 8, Auburn beating number 17, Texas A&M. In College Station, I'm going to throw it to you in a second, but let me just say one thing. I've been to a lot of Georgia games, played in a lot of games at Georgia, around the SEC, in the NFL. Saturday night's atmosphere was seriously one of the more impressive things I have ever witnessed It was like a Super Bowl or a national championship or an SEC championship. 75 minutes prior to kick, the entire stadium was full. Packed to the gills, was not an empty seat. Beautiful weather. Game day operations, bravo. Georgia, 
Um, a great game to boot. We'll get into that in a second. We missed you, Aaron. We knew you would have been there if you could have been there. But, man, it was great to be associated with the university on Saturday night. And what a weekend for Georgia to shine. Yeah, it looked awesome. Uh, after my game, we went to just a little restaurant, uh, New Ohio's with myself, just trying to catch the first half. And then hustled on over back to Houston to be able to catch the end of the football game. And uh, it did not disappoint from everything I saw and heard from Friday night to Saturday and, and talking to buddies and talking to colleagues at CBS. They said it was just like you said, it was a magical night, great football game, a little closer than anticipated, yeah. but still it, it made for, you love those games. It was funny. I was doing a signing last week in Athens and I was asking a bunch of like little kids, like, you know what, give me your prediction. They're like, Oh, it's going to be 60, nothing and 70, <laughs> nothing and a million to nothing. I'm like, do you not want like a good game? Like a, you know, a game where it's in the fourth quarter and the juices are flowing and people are excited and, you know, standing up and not sure what's going to go like that. I love games like that. For you know, sure. Maybe it, it, it's just a little bit more fun. So I thought the, the game was great. Um, and I'm sure it was, it was awesome to be there. I'm, I'm a little jealous. Those little, uh, the, the red lights, the Dude, HD lights look so sweet. Sick. Every part of it looked awesome. It was awesome. Georgia won 23 to 17, beating the number seven ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish. Notre Dame drops to number 10. So Georgia has a top 10 victory already through four weeks of the season. And you just said it, Aaron. A lot of people expecting Georgia to kind of wear Notre Dame down, uh, pull away late third, fourth quarter. The spread was 14 and a half. I mean, Vegas and really the entire nation expected Georgia to win by two plus touchdowns. I was just surprised with Notre Dame's physicality. I was surprised with Notre Dame punching back when being punched. I did not expect that. I mean, you saw on the field really the difference in size. You saw on the field the difference in athlete. I think when I was watching in the first quarter down on the sideline, watching pregame, watching these guys go through it. Georgia unexpectedly did not commit to the run game early, Aaron. I don't know if you saw anything or if you mm-hmm. rewatched it on your All-22 yet. I thought Georgia would come out there and challenge Notre Dame regardless of how it went really through the first 15 scripted plays. I thought, hey, run, run, run. Even if it's just three yards, cloud of dust, three yards, punt. I thought Georgia was going to challenge Notre Dame and say, we're not going to shy away from our game plan. They started to do that after halftime, dealing with some injuries. I think the bye week's coming at a great time for the dogs. But look, can never apologize for the win. You absolutely cannot apologize. Brian Kelly, Notre Dame's head coach, said this was one of the more physical games I have coached. Kirby Smart showering Notre Dame with praise after the game, saying that was one hell of a battle. It had that atmosphere. It really did, Aaron. Georgia gets the victory. And now, for a guy like me, obviously I'll give credit where credit's due, It's the worst-case scenario because now I have to sit here on the podcast for the rest of the season and talk about how good Notre Dame is. Well, at least we have to talk about them being in the playoffs. I think think Kirk Kirk Herbstreit came out and said, you know, he's actually more impressed with them after the loss than he was heading into the football game, just like you said, how physical they were, how close of a ball game it was on the road. But right now, the chances of them getting into the playoffs are pretty slim. You're going to need a bunch of teams to have one or two losses for, for Notre Dame. So I think at least there's two good things that came out this weekend. One, we can stop talking about Notre Dame being in the final four and we can stop talking about UCF being in the final four as well. So those two teams are in my mind done the PAC 12 and their loss, they're done. And now we can just focus on sec ACC with Clemson 
Uh, obviously, Michigan's done. Wisconsin looked really good. So Ohio State most likely to win that conference. Uh, and then Oklahoma's going to have to win their conference. So it's it's down to the four big ones. And if, if still at the end of the day, if, if Oklahoma or Ohio State do slip up and have a one loss, I think that opens the door wide open for a Georgia or an LSU, like we've talked about before, to get in as a second SEC team. So I think that that's a lot of good stuff that did come out of the weekend. All right, a couple more things about this game, then we're going to dive in and really round up what happened in week four. First thing, Rodrigo Blankenship is the best kicker in America. Three for three, huge field goals that absolutely matter late in the game. I was kind of confused, kind of compound on that. Why Kirby went for the field goal when it was fourth and one late in the game, really could have put it away. Um, and look, you take the points because you have so much confidence in your kicker, but when it's fourth and one, maybe he's sitting there saying, Let's just take the points and trust our defense. Let's take the mm-hmm. points and hope Jake Camarda doesn't shank a 20-yarder late in the game to give Notre Dame a breath of life down only six points. Jake's got to work that out, man. Jake has got to get better situationally as a punter. Yes, he's performed well through three games, but guess what? It doesn't matter if you perform well when the punts really don't matter. When you're up 55 nothing, punting is not the most important thing. When you're up six late, backed up in your own end zone, and you got to get a ball out with some hang time, at least 40 yards. Give me 40 yards. Those are the punts that matter. He had a bad punt. The first punt of the game with a little pressure in his face, shanked it left, did the same thing late in the game, really almost gave Notre Dame the victory, which was crazy. So that fourth and one call probably put a little bit too much trust in special teams, and that almost came back to bite him. In the tail. Last thing, dude, and I need your opinion on this. The amount of text messages I get during a game when Georgia isn't performing at the elite level that we've come to expect, directed at Jake Fromm drives me crazy. Aaron, I'm sure it does to you as well. People saying Jake Fromm's not that good. Coaches don't trust him. I mean, I'm getting these texts. I'm being dead serious. Look, he's 20 of 26. 187 yards with a touchdown. I mean, what more do you want? I'm talking about efficiency. I'm talking about he's getting the plays called right at the line of scrimmage and audibling when necessary. He's getting guys in the right position. I think he's developed a great rapport with Lawrence Cager. That back shoulder pass, Aaron, is Jake's Mm go-to. And when you can't throw picks with it, why do people want Jake to have to throw the ball 50 times a game? It, it, It drives me crazy. I think Jake is one of the better, if not, top five, easily top 10 quarterbacks in America. Jake Fromm is really good. Georgia fans need to appreciate him because, man, without him, we'd be in a world of hurt this year. I think people appreciate him. I think there's a very small minority who don't understand what's going on and how this team's built and what the goal is. And uh, they look around and they see Joe, Joe Burrow throwing six touchdowns. They see Tua throwing four to six touchdowns. Yeah. They see Jalen at Oklahoma doing his thing. They see Justin Fields and Jacob Eason and all these other guys that were at Georgia that are going up to their new schools and, and throwing a bunch of touchdowns and rushing for a bunch of touchdowns. That, that's just, that's, that's not Jake's fault. That's just the way the offense is built. Yeah. Uh, I guarantee you if, 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 if our quarter if, if a coordinator came in and decided to throw the ball 50 times a game and spread it out, Jake would be throwing four to five touchdowns a game. For it's sure. just, that's not what we're asking him to do. And what we are asking him to do, he's doing it perfect. If you if you want to give a report card to him at the end of the day, it's an A, it's an A plus. Um, the offensive coordinator, when they look at him and grade him, it's like I said, it's a it's a great report card from him. He's making all the right checks. He's very accurate when he's when his numbers called to make a play. 
he makes a play. So I, I, I've heard very few people complain about him, and those that do don't understand what this offense is about, what football is about. And, and right now, Jake's a winner. He's getting it done. Will there be a time when we need him to throw four or five touchdowns? Yeah, I, I do. I think when we play a team like Florida, I think when we play uh, obviously LSU or Alabama in the SC championship game, Auburn. if we do get to the playoffs versus Auburn, he's going to have to go out there and, and produce a little bit more. But right now, for what he's been asked to do, I, I, I just don't see what more he can uh, given the play calling. I agree. I agree. Yeah, Georgia, huge, huge win, 23-17. And Tyler Simmons, the opening punt fumble, look, that's just situational again. When you line up with your heels on the 10-yard line, if you retreat, you're not supposed to catch the ball. Look, he backed up about three yards. Guys were in his face. He fumbled it. Notre Dame gets seven. Really, the whole game changes at the start. But Georgia sees it through. Great leadership from Jake Fromm, DeAndre Swift, and the Georgia Bulldogs, 23-17 winners. Over Notre Dame, we just talked about Auburn. Man, that defensive front looked legit. Aaron, you looked legit as well. Up in the booth with Rick Neuheisel and Carter Blackburn, CBS Sports. Got called up to the bigs. And mm. wow, what a fast start for the Tigers. Up 14 nothing quick. And Bo Nix making it happen. You said it right on the pod last week. He was going to have a chance to really prove himself and prove that that Oregon game wasn't a fluke. Yeah, he looked great. The offense looked great. He, he didn't make mistakes. That was the key for Bo Nix. He did miss a couple home run shots uh, throughout the game, actually missed three of them and, and, and had opportunities to really even widen the lead even more. Uh, it was 28 to 20, but this game in, in the second half was all Auburn. Uh, A&M scored a couple last second or last second touchdown uh, before kicking the onside kick, but Auburn looked dominant. Their defense was very dominant. Um, but for, for Auburn, they still got to continue to work on the run game a little bit. There's not a lot of success. The offensive line still not as dominant as you'd want to see. And same thing for A&M. Two great defenses, but you still got to be able to run the football uh, if you're going to want to be able to put points on the, on the scoreboard. Kellen Mond, high and cold. You look at the stats, you say, oh, it's a good day. But a lot of those were garbage yardage and a touchdown late. Uh, did not use his legs like I was expecting him to, to do. He kind of was just stuck in the pocket, no quarterback draws, no getting out, uh, scrambling for a bunch of yards. So I think he needs to continue to implement that. But overall, it's a big win for Auburn on the road. It was a loud, loud, loud environment for a freshman quarterback. And, and like I said, the biggest thing is you look at his stats and they're, they're nothing sexy, but he didn't make any mistakes, no interceptions, no fumbles. Uh, and that's a huge sign of progress for a quarterback who – Versus Oregon had a couple picks, and I think he's just making you know baby strides each and every week, and 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 who knows where the, how good this offense can be at the end of the season because right now their defense is playing at, a, at an all time high. Yeah, they look really good, and you were giving them as much love as necessary Saturday talking about Derek Brown and those guys up front, dude. They are ferocious. Dude, and they're Auburn, back end too, though. Yeah. It's not just the front four; they're they're secondary is pretty darn good. They're fast. They tackle they tackle well in space. And they're going to man you up. They're going to play man-to-man coverage. That's why the, that game versus Georgia later in the season is going to be very interesting because they can they can stop the run with those big guys up front. They got some really good linebackers. Got a, a freshman uh, Popo who's who's tremendous, very athletic, and then they're very athletic at the cornerback and safety position and at the nickel. So they can man you up, play tight man combo. coverage, 
Uh, it really is. It is a deadly combination what they have on defense right now. And I think that's going to take them a long way this season. For sure. Uh, on the other side, A&M, look, that's their second loss of the season. But this schedule, I mean, my God, losing at number one Clemson, just lost to number eight, I believe number seven now Auburn. They get a bye week in two weeks, then have to host number two Alabama. And then late in the season at number three Georgia, at number four LSU. Mm. Um, wow. I thought Auburn might have lost this game. I picked AM. Um, and I sitting there saying Auburn could be the fourth best team in the SEC West at the end of the year, but it looks like AM is just not going to be able to navigate this tough schedule. What summer called AM's just the they're, they're young though, too. They got six seniors on the team. Wow. Uh five scholarship seniors and, and one walk on. So it's a young team. Jimbo's building this thing up. So I think it's I don't think anyone was anticipating 2019 to be their year. I think everyone kind of circled 2020 gotcha. uh, and going forward for them. I, I tell you what, though, their facilities, the best Crazy. in the country. I mean, and the thing is they had so much land on campus and they're going to continue to build and it's they, money, 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 Texas <laughs> money. They got plenty Just of it takes and, money, they, and they got, and they got plenty of land to continue to build. So that place is only going to continue to get better and better. Um, so Jimbo, Jimbo is building a powerhouse. The record may not show it right now, but 2020 and going forward, uh, this is going to be one of the best teams in the SEC. Just looking at Auburn. I mean, they're playing Miss State, and then they're going to Florida. That'll be a great game. Yep. Auburn at Florida, October 5th. Then Auburn at LSU, October 26th. Auburn is home against Georgia, November 16th. Home against Alabama in the Iron Bowl, November 30th. Do you think they have what it takes to to fight with LSU, Georgia, Alabama? On the offensive side of the ball, I'm not sure. Well, but Bo, 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 Bo is making progress. That's a good yeah. sign. I mean, that's that's big for this team. I still think the run game needs to get going. They're getting healthier at the receiving position. That was uh, something that they fought last year. They fought early this season. Guys just have not been healthy. Anthony Swartz has the cast off his hand, which is huge. Um, so that I think offensively they will – grow especially the more confidence that Gus has in Bo Nix I think the playbook is not fully installed right now I think it's let, let's just win games based on defense and hopefully we make a couple plays offensively and that's not bad that's not wrong no it's, yeah. it's working and, and but I think like I said the more confidence he'll gain in his quarterback the more this thing's going to open up a little bit you'll see more off, uh, explosive plays on the offensive side of the football to match the explosion on the defensive side so are they going to beat LSU and 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 Alabama? I don't know. I think those two teams are some of the best teams in the country. Um, and the same thing, obviously, with Georgia. But they're going to have chances. I don't think any three, any of those three teams, go to face Auburn uh, and just blow them out the water. I think all three games could be very, very competitive, especially yeah. if Bo continues to grow the way he is. Just because that defense is just not going to give up a ton of points. Defense is what it takes. And to all those people in national media who said SEC, not what it used to be after somewhat of a slow start. Look, you've got number two, Alabama, number three, Georgia, number four, LSU, number seven, Auburn, number nine, Florida, five teams in the top 10 through four weeks. All right, let's just talk about these games really quick. I want some quick hitters, some quick opinion back and forth, and we will get out of here. Wisconsin absolutely steamrolls Michigan. They beat them 35 to 14. I think the game was 28 nothing at one point, 35-7 at another point. Shea Patterson gets pulled. They put in Dylan McCaffrey. Wisconsin forcing turnovers. Defense is stout. Jonathan Taylor running the ball up and down the field. Trouble in paradise 
for Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. This looks like it could turn ugly as the season progresses. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh is just not very good versus top 10 teams. He's not very good versus Ohio State. Uh, ranked opponents in general. I mean, his record is just not not good at all. So uh, definitely, um, we called it, though. I said it last week. I said Shea Patterson will get benched by the second half. You did. You absolutely I, it just, called it. I said that there's just not a lot of confidence with his head coach, his office coordinator, Gaddis, and uh, just in the locker room in general. Guys, are, are, are they're over it. So I don't see him as the starter going forward. There's just a lot of problems on that team. Defense is not as good as they were last year. Uh, and then obviously too many turnovers and, and Wisconsin's damn good. I mean, they're a really good defense. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is an absolute beast. Uh, and then Cohen, their quarterback's doing a great job as well. I mean, this is a very good team, probably the second best team within their conference and, and, and pretty much the only team in my mind that can take down uh, Ohio State by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, that defense is for real, man. And everybody was sitting there before this game saying Wisconsin hasn't played anybody. Yeah, they haven't given up one point. It was against Central Michigan. It was against South Florida. And I was sitting there. We both were last week saying, that does not matter. I mean, you're rotating three deep. You're ro- you're going to your four deep in garbage time, still not allowing a point. And I mean, Alabama's playing, Alabama's playing cupcake teams, and they're giving up points too. So, I mean, to give up no points... When you're playing your backups in the third and fourth quarter, that, that that's a good sign of, like you said, depth and, and just overall great defense and defensive scheme and, and what your defensive coordinator is calling. So, yeah, that, Michigan's offense is not good by any means, but still the way these guys have looked their three weeks, uh, they, they have the recipe to be successful. Great defense, the best running back in all of college football, and a quarterback who's taking care of the football uh, and, and it's very, very takes. accurate. So that's that's the stuff that takes to win win big-time football games. And Wisconsin is not playing Ohio State in the regular season, yep. I believe, right? That would have to wait until um, – the No, they are. Game. Excuse are me. They? They are, they are hosting Wisconsin October 26th in the horseshoe. So that mm, will be, be awesome. A good one. Circle that for sure. That's Georgia's bye week. That's the week before – Florida, Georgia. All right, Big 12 action. Texas beats Oklahoma State in Austin for the first time since like 2008. Sam Ellinger with another great performance, kind of adding on to his Heisman statistics. 20-28, 281 yards, and four touchdowns. Texas wins 36-30 to and covers the five-and-a-half-point spread. You picked Oklahoma State. Too bad, so sad. But Texas looking pretty legit. We said they needed a big, convincing victory here to kind of get that bad taste of the LSU loss out of their mouth and set mm-hmm. up what will be a great Red Rebel rivalry against Oklahoma in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's going to be – I mean, that's that's the season for both teams. Um, and then most likely they'll play each other again because you look at Texas's schedule the rest of the way, uh, not a lot of big, big-time games that, that, that they need to win. Obviously, you got to win the rest of them, but nothing that is going to – kind of excite uh, the committee when it comes to the playoff time. So if you're able to beat Oklahoma twice this year, once in the regular season and then once in the Big 12 championship game, uh, that should give them an opportunity to get into the playoffs. So it's going to be a big game, I believe, in what, two weeks. They got a little West Virginia at West Virginia um, and then Oklahoma on the 12th of October. So they're getting their thing going right now. Ellinger looks great. And um, it's, that's, that's the big one. I mean, that is their season. Yes. Plain and simple, that, that is the season right there. And, uh, and we'll see. Can, can the defense get a little bit better and gain some confidence before they go up against Jalen Hurts? 
All right, so Notre Dame loses. They're an independent school, so a lot of people are saying they might be on the outside looking in when it comes to the college football playoff late in the season. Another team that will be on the outside looking in after a loss this past weekend, mm. your Central Florida Knights. Pittsburgh beat them at Heinz Field 35-30 to on a late trick play they called the Pitt Special. That was sweet, little misdirection. Um, and then it looked like a reverse sweep. Quarterback act like he's blocking down. Scoots off into the flat. Wide receiver throws it to him. Wide open. Touchdown. Central Florida takes the L. No playoffs for them. Yeah, finally. We don't have to talk about these guys the rest of the season. I mean, turnovers. Gabe brought a couple turnovers, a couple interceptions. That uh, obviously didn't help. And then you look at the way Pittsburgh played. uh, Their quarterback picket was tremendous. Very accurate with the football. No turnovers. I mean, it's a simple game. All these games we talk about, can you take care of the football? Uh, and can you run it effectively? And Pittsburgh did both things at home and was able to make enough plays on the defensive side of the football. So, listen, UCF is still a chip. They've got some tough games ahead of them. I mean, at the American Conference, I cover it. There's some really talented teams. I didn't think they were going to go undefeated this year because they got to go to Cincinnati. Yeah, they got to go game. to Temple. They have to play Houston at Tulsa um, and then versus USF at the end of the year, which is, uh, a type, I guess, a rivalry type game. But they got a bunch of games that are definitely losable, I guess you could say, uh, throughout the regular season. So I could definitely see this UCF team being a 9-3, and 10-2 team. So I was not expecting 12-0 and 0, uh, just because I like Cincinnati so much this year anyways. But uh, at least we don't have to talk about them being a, a playoff team anymore. UCLA scored 52nd half Ooh. points. They came back from down 32. They win 67 to 63 Washington State's quarterback Anthony Gordon I believe is his name Anthony Gordon 41 of 61 570 yards nine that's what the Georgia fans want right there Drew yeah that's that's what they want right there nine touchdowns and a loss I think they'd rather have Jake go 20 to 26 with 187 yards and a win but Anthony Gordon nine touchdowns and a loss 570 yards I mean I guess good for Chip Kelly this is classic crazy Pac-12 after dark I mean, not going to really have much of a a change or impact late in the season, but what a game if you got back home from Athens late and turned this one on. That's just craziness. Well, it's just good. It's good confidence for for Chip Kelly and UCLA. I mean, get get the first win on the road against a ranked opponent. I mean, that team has been looking awful last year with three wins to start this season. They've been absolutely terrible. Uh, You watch and you're like, golly, this is not the Chip Kelly offense that we're so accustomed to seeing. We're used to seeing Oregon score all these points. Yeah. We're used to seeing it at Philadelphia, them doing a bunch of good stuff. And then they get, he gets to UCLA and, and they just can't get anything done. Uh, their first three games, 14 points, 14 points, 14 points. Uh, and then all of a sudden 67 points So more points scored in the second half than they had in the previous three games. So we'll see, maybe that's the kind of turnaround they need, but they're going to go against a tough Arizona defense at Arizona next week. Uh, so I'm expecting more of a 14-point uh, type game once again for UCLA. But who knows? Maybe this is finally the turning point. I mean, that's just crazy. Dorian Thompson-Robinson had finally a good game, 507 yards and five touchdowns. Gardner Minshew was there as well. Minshew mania, but uh, he could not will the Cougars to victory. Last one, USC on Friday night beat number 10 Utah 30-23. to I think the Pac-12 is done. I mean, I do not expect Cal to remain undefeated. They did beat Ole Miss, and they are 4-0. 
But Utah was their best chance, and uh, it looks like the U, uh, Pac-12 is just going to continue to beat up on each other for the rest of the season. So Oregon might be their only hope, but they have yep. to make some serious progress throughout the season. Yeah, um, USC man, they got some they got some dudes on the outside. I was watching, yeah, and it's they do. big. And they've, they've done it all year long. I don't care who your quarterback is, I guess. It's just, hey, if your team's going to play man-to-man and, and load the box because we have an inexperienced quarterback, our guys are just going to throw it up and let our receivers go out there and make plays. And that's what happened in that football game. Uh, just a lot of big plays down the field, big-time receivers making big-time plays. Uh, definitely shocked by what Utah was doing. I thought they'd play more zone, uh, keep everything in front of them, and, and make the quarterback be very accurate with the football. They decided to go man-to-man. Uh, and they paid for it yeah. against, like I said, very athletic quarterback. So credit to USC, man. Who would have thought they'd be three and one right now based on their schedule? Um, and they, I guess they're, they're playing hard for their coach. And that's a good sign for them the rest of the way. All righty. Well, uh, week five coming up. The slate looks uh, okay. Eight, number 18, Virginia at number 10, Notre Dame. USC is ranked 21 now. They're going to Seattle to take on number 17, ranked Washington, um, Ohio State's going to Nebraska. Maybe Nebraska can make it competitive, but I don't really see that happening. And then in the SEC, it's just kind of one of those sleeper weeks. Ole Miss, Alabama would have been good, but Ole Miss is not too good. And then, I don't know, Kentucky, South Carolina, nothing too crazy. But, um, yeah, man, wow, already a quarter of a way through the season. So that sucks, but college football is fun. Anything on the way out, my man? No, just getting ready for another good week. Yeah, man. what are you, what game are you doing? I have I, so it's funny. I get I get an Auburn game this past weekend, and I get a Georgia Tech game this weekend. So I'm Tech? Up, are you at back, home? Back back to Temple. No, Georgia Tech at Temple this gotcha. weekend. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, you went one and four against the spread last week. Mm, Lost your lock good. of the week. Um, needed a couple more touchdowns in that Texas Oklahoma State game, but lock of the week still at sixty percent. Three and two through five picks. I went two and three. So nothing crazy for me as well, but I'm 17-7-1 through the season. You are 14-10-1 on our punt, pass, and pick. Presented by Prize Picks, of course. Download the Prize Picks app. Go to myprizepicks.com slash info. Use the promo code PNP, and you will get a free two-pick entry to win $25, and they will match your first deposit up to 25%. Use the Prize Picks app. Download the Prize Picks app. Follow them at Prize Picks. Use the promo code PNP tonight. Monday Night Football. Aaron Bears Redskins. This one is going to be a total snoozer. Mitchell Trubisky projected 17 fantasy points. Go under Mitchell he's Trubisky. Been, he's been not very good right now, I which mean, is my God. surprising with that offense of the, what 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 Nagy can call and then some of the skill guys around him. Case Keenum, Redskins quarterback, projected 14 and a half fantasy points. I would go <laughs> under that as well because the Bears defense is legit. Yeah, they are. It's one of the scariest defenses in the NFL. So I, I hate seeing quarterbacks with low numbers, but I mean, neither guy gives you any confidence. One, based on the way he's playing, and two, the other one, based on the defense he's going against. Uh, Adrian Peterson, he's old as hell, but he's still playing football, projected eight and a half fantasy points. I would think go over. AP, eight and a half fantasy points. They're going to have to try to run the ball. What say you? I'm going under. I don't see him getting a touchdown, uh, and I don't see him going over 80 yards. So (laughs) give me under. All right. Under Trubisky, under Keenum, under Adrian Peterson, Tariq Cohen, 9.6 fantasy point projected. I'll go over 
Yeah. Tariq give me Cohen. give me the over. He'll get some catches. There you go. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PNP, and you get a free two pick entry to win twenty five bucks. We just gave you winners right there. Follow Aaron at Aaron Murray eleven on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at Drew Butler thirteen, and follow us at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. Giving away that signed football this week. We will talk to you on Thursday. See you.